We aim high, we aim to rise And every vision that's real is analyzed Till every fight in my bones has been applied Every thought I'ma lose will be denied uh, Dedicated to the cause I'm back, I'm reborn, that's facts Now take back what's yours Rose from the floods With one breath the exhale was left I'm back to show love uh, What you recommend is what you represent Gotta fight with a cause for the innocence That's the mission then, is what we vision in Everything stops on the drop Cause we listen when 143, 143 speaks 143, 143 speaks one four three, one four three speaks from the streets to the most elite. What's going on, world family? It's your boy Donald Jones, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I have another special guest here, Miss Robin Vaughn. Ms. Robin Vaughn, I knew for a very, very long time. She has some expertise in sociology, she knows human responses, she knows the human stress. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Robin, how are you doing today in this crazy world? I'm doing fine, taking it day by day. Taking it day by day. I I, I, I wanted you to come on here because I think it was very important. Um, I know we're going to touch a little bit towards the end on um, what's going on right now with the pandemic um, and the coronavirus and everything. But I kind of wanted to sway away from that a little bit because I know that everybody's being bombarded with coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. And I want them to be able to come to this space and be able to just get away from it for a little while, you know? So we'll touch on that. But um, I want to more so talk about relationships with you and natural responses that people have in relationships. And I'm not just talking about like the relationships, the girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend type relationship, just relationship as a whole, relationships that people have with their family, relationships that people have with their friends, their significant other ones, their partners. And I think it's very important to touch on those things because I know a lot of us keep people around us are um stay in places more so that aren't best beneficial to our life and um sometimes i can i won't say sometimes i'll say more so i look at people that come into your life that's not beneficial as being anchors and most times people will come in and you'll think that they're they're good for you and they're beneficial to you but they hold you back from a lot of the things that you're trying to do in life so the first question i definitely want to ask you is what is the what is the the natural what would you say the natural um human reaction is um when it comes down to stress with relationships you having people in your life that you that just stresses you out what would you say like some of the, the natural responses are and I, I heard the whole fight or flight thing but can you just elaborate a little bit more for me on like what that what what does that look like well I used to see if it's from like the sociological point of view if I look at more of how let's say like in terms of our roles, like sometimes like the different roles we play in different settings, you know, sometimes how that impacts us and how we are with others. I think that can have something to do with it. And also like where we're from, you know, um, the responsibilities that we have, you know, and how we come together with our families, the way we've seen families, you know, come up our idea of what family is. I think that all plays into, um, stresses like I think that sometimes if you know we're with people that we don't understand mm -hmm. you know like in terms in terms of where we come from I think that does that can add to stress on its own you said something important you said roles I think that a lot of people don't like that term as far as roles because you playing a role in a relationship or you playing a role in a friendship or a situationship, whatever it is that you call yourself. How does that like really work? Because um, like I I'll talk on a little bit about um 
a relationship standpoint, right? So um, one, I like to watch Divorce Court all the time and they throw the word around roles. So you have the man role and you have the woman role. What the hell is the man role and what the hell is the woman role? I guess it depends, you know, especially these days. I think, you know, I guess we're, we're challenged to think of things in a more fluid, open way. But then that also matters too because sometimes, you know, your age group sometimes matters. You know, now I find it funny when people say like boomers versus millennials. Mm -hmm. Like I find myself more hybrids. I'm glad they're starting to talk more about that, like the hybrid um, millennial and Generation X because <laughs> I feel like a gen more Generation X sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think that that has something to do with too, like age matters, for instance, in a role. Like sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get in trouble with people that are, you know, border generation X, but sometimes, you know, the way you grow up and it, um, like the way you understand the role, like your idea of what a man's role is, mm -hmm. that is different. It takes sometimes people time to learn the way we, um, the way we need to educate ourselves today if we want to kind of function and flow with society, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about roles. Like, what's a man's role? Now you have a lot of male nurses, for instance. Mm. You know, things mm. like that. So in a home, you know, as a, like me, I guess it's, <laughs> you know, like, I sometimes may expect, like, I, I feel like I'm traditional in a lot of my mindset about what a woman's role is. But I also want to stand because I'm, you know, I'm not a housewife, right? So, you know, I have kids. And I still, you know, maybe I would like to have some dinner sometime. But I think if you're with somebody who doesn't see themselves, like a man who doesn't think that that's, maybe without being so conscious of it, not realizing, mm -hmm. you know, um, no, you're that. Being, you're being nice. I am, I am. You see me thinking. I'm, <laughs> you're being nice. I'm trying to be nice. So let me, let, so, so a man's role is I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go cook. I'm going to bring in the food. Women's role. You take care of the household. Plain and simple. Shut it down. Yeah, to me, that's a traditional way. And I like that fundamentally because mm -hmm. I do believe that, I mean, there's the whole thing, nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. You know, I do believe in that. You know, I, I, fundamentally, I believe in that. You know, and I, I'm comfortable with that. In, in, in my life, I'm comfortable with that idea. But then also being a woman who's being a professional, being mm -hmm. a mother, you know, um, I have other roles too. So, and I have different expectations. Like I would like to sometimes get some of that treatment too. And I, and I like sometimes paying for things too, mm -hmm. but I like to be treated also. So I think like that you have like what you said, like that fundamental, like a man bring home the bacon and a woman's home taking care of the kids, you know, things, things change. And sometimes people like it and you just have to know like who, like any type of who you're dealing with and their expectation of that too. Cause that can mess things up. You can really be very attracted to somebody, have a great time with them. But then once you try to become a family with them or try to merge with them, this things like that can become an issue. It can. And you know what? I have a problem with that because women also work, right? The same way men work. So that role of a man, um, you know, a woman's job is to come home, take care of the, the, the kids, clean and cook. But she's out there doing the same thing that you're doing. You know, she has her job that she's going to the same way you're going to with your job. So I understand like um it's like a traditional sense and um there are some cultures that that really that believe in it um but I, I know with me is that one thing that I've learned is that especially when it comes down to the house if we're sharing a space together then that space that we're sharing together should be equally divided um the same way that um a woman can go and take care of kids after she comes home from a, a long day at work go in there wash the dishes clean and cook is the same way a man can do the same thing especially a man that could come home and recognize that their 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 the person that they're with 
is working hard. They're tired. So just to be able to come to them and be like, hey, you know what, babe? I got this today. Let me um let me handle this. Um, I want to ask you this question. And I think that um I speak for many, but I don't speak for some. And one of the things that I learned um, in my experiences, especially growing up, because I, the household that I grew up in, it was just my mother. Um, my stepfather, um, at the time that, that she was seeing, you know, he, he passed away. Um, he was a retired police officer. Um, my mother pretty much, you know, took, you know, just handled the household. And he was there all day. My mother would still go out, you know, she was working, would come home and do everything. And um, expectations. Expectations mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah coming into a relationship or situationship or whatever it is that you're in and you're coming into it with expectations and when those expectations aren't met, how do you adjust or how does a person, what would be like a natural reaction to you coming in and your expectations aren't being met? You know, what's funny, just, I'm going to answer that in that capacity to like at home relationships but also even at work I think like one thing about me like being a manager supervisor like going to business school and all this stuff like they teach you that one thing you want to set is an expectation so like when you're if you're going to be a manager and you come into a new situation I guess I could be equal to like starting a new relationship it's like hi I'm so and so I'm going to be your supervisor these are my expectations of you what are your expectations of me but sometimes relationships don't work like that maybe because that's kind of artificial in a sense but in a way it's not especially if you have a certain age, you know, like I'm, how old am I? <laughs> 36. <laughs> you know, Ooh, like you, you just of, admitted that. Ooh. You know? <laughs> it's different than being 16. It's like, okay, I'm a grown woman. I got things going on. I have expectations. It's okay. And I expect you to have them too. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you get into something, somebody, and I guess, I mean, I think that can help in the beginning to alleviate some of the issues of being disappointed. Cause I think that would be a reaction um, to being, to not have your expectations met, especially if you've felt you've addressed them, mm-hmm. is being disappointed and also feeling like there's something unfair. And when you feel like something unfair is going on, you're gonna want to make it even. And again, they they teach you that in business school. I took out giant loans to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to relationships too, not just that work, but like any type of relationship. You want to be treated fairly. And if you feel like something's unfair, somehow you're gonna want to make it fair. And I think that's where a lot of strength gonna come in. Do you think it's okay for you to um, adjust your expectations for the person or just leave? I think that it depends on what that person means to you. If you feel enough that it's worth fighting for, then you should, by all means, fight. I mean, stuff can get taken so far out of hand. And I can say that this, you know, like I said, you know, from my, my own experiences, stuff can go so far. Sometimes you could think it could be past the point of return, but that's not always true. And it really just depends if you feel like what you have with that person is worth fighting for. You step back and think about what made you join with this person, unite with, with this person or with this job or with this partnership or whatever, with this friendship. And if it's strong enough, the, you know, that foundation is strong enough and meant enough, then it's possible. But both people, again, I guess it's kind of like start like a new beginning. Like, well, what's our expectation now? Like, can, is this salvageable and do we need help, you know? that that that's that's very is it is it salvageable and does it need help and when you say does it need help does that mean going to an outside source um meaning counseling friends family um to get advice or can that sometimes not work out in in a a good way 
both people have to agree to it, you know? And I think now it seems to me that in society where people are more comfortable with the idea of getting like help from a counselor, a social worker, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we each need our own help first too, before we come together and get help together. Mm. And I think people have to have that level of self-awareness. Because I can tell you, if I do something that's real messed up, I mean, you know, I do real messed up things and I can step up like, I was real messed up. Or, you know, and I try to have some self-awareness and I would expect somebody that I'm with to also try to have that level of self-awareness also. But everybody does it. I think I think that that that's very important on um, what you just said because um we we have to remember that there's two. And when you're somebody that's been single for such a long time and then you connect with somebody else, you can't just think in the single anymore. Um you have to think about that other person's feelings too and the effect that you might have on that person. And I can tell you right now, I I've had a lot of growth especially without within the years because me dating and me being in relationships, I feel like I was more of that I, I, I considered myself the type of person that thought about two, but I, I've learned um, through my journey um, that I was thinking for self because I would always complain and say what I'm not getting, what I'm not getting, but I never asked, what am I not giving? And exactly. I felt like that's something that is very, very important because maybe I'm not getting what I'm, I, I want, or maybe I'm not getting what it is that I need because I'm not giving you what you need. So Mm -hmm. like, I I don't understand like really how that works, but you also said something very important and it's about knowing you finding yourself. How does a person before they get into a relationship, situationship, whatever, how do they find themselves? You know, like, what is it that they, you know, what what do I go to the movies and just go by myself? Do I just Mm go um, work out by myself? Do I just get on dating sites and just date multiple people, act reckless? Like how, what, how do I get to know me? Yeah, I think we get real lost out here. <laughs> I think it's like so much overload of information and it's so much stuff to make you look at everything that's wrong with you sometimes. I think you just have to be willing to be vulnerable. Um, you know, I've been being that I'm the line of work that I'm working in now, um, the children's agency that I work for. And so I had to learn more about empathy, like um I'm reading more about empathy and learn about that, which was very interesting to me about meeting people where they are. So I think, I think part of us learning more about ourselves is maybe seeing how we, how we do interact with others. I'm not sure how much we can learn about ourselves by ourselves. Does Mm. that make sense? Hmm. It it, it makes sense. I I, I was single for, uh, for a year and, um, I did things, you know, by myself. I sat by the water. I would read by myself. Um, I got into poetry. Um, I would go, I, the first time I ever went to the movies by myself and I just, I, and it was, it, first of all, it was bad because I snuck into like three movies. Um, uh, <laughs> shout out to New Rochelle. Um, <laughs> I snuck into like three movies and I actually had a ball. But one thing that I learned um, with, you know, during that year is it's okay for me to be by myself to try to discover who it yeah. is that I am because I felt like I couldn't, put together what it is that I needed from somebody else until I actually learned who I am and what it is that I needed from me. And it was a growing process. Did I have um, times where I felt lonely? Yes. Did I have times where I engaged in reckless behavior? Yes. But I've really learned so much about myself and getting into a new relationship, I didn't latch myself on as much as I would and become clingy and needy like I normally would. I would give that space and understanding to that person knowing that, okay, you know what, 
this is something this is something new for the both of us. We're gonna either grow together or we're gonna learn things about each other, and this is gonna be, you know, like hey, you know what? We we really just can't move on because, you know, we it's just not working out. You're not for me. I'm not for you. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was saying. That's a bit from what you're saying. I guess that's what I mean by. Um, I don't know how much sometimes you can learn on our own because even with like how you describe that, it's like you still, you're reflecting on you and how you your role in, in your interactions with others. And you took the time to be self-aware of that. And I think that that's what it is, you know? What about like, friends? I think that's the same thing because, you know, how much are you giving? Some friendships can be very draining, I think, hmm. you know? Some people understand there's a give and take in friendship because some people are just there to lay. I mean, other people's stress feels heavy to me sometimes, you know? And I think sometimes people can lay too much of their stuff on you, but they have to be willing to have that exchange, you know? I mean, that's not just me. I don't know. Maybe it's different for other people, but I don't have a whole bunch of friends. Like, I'm glad. Like, I always, the amount of friends I tell people I have is like less and less as a joke. Yeah. But I don't, everybody's not my friend, and that's fine with me because just be careful. To me, it's a very strong word. yeah friend it it is um I keep a really um small circle um before I thought that I really needed to have like this like this this whole village of friends and I needed 10,000 people around me but it really only boiled up to about um you know five six seven people and um it's easier to manage um having a small circle um around you um but I, I I like that we are all different. Like each and every one of my friends, um, we speak on to each other mostly every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we hang out with each other when we can because life has definitely changed for all of us. We're older now. So the whole party and thing is, is definitely not, um, it's not like it used to be. Um, yeah. But it, you learn from people um, that you have around you. And um, mm-hmm. one thing that I learned is if you have people around you that, and I said it a little earlier, that's not beneficial to your life, they become that anger. I, I'm a firm believer that people should not come into your life and just take, 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 take. Exactly. There needs to be a transition, you know, between the two of, you know, I'm giving you, I'm teaching you, I'm showing you something. And I'm expecting that, you know, in the same sense, like, you know, you're going to teach me and learn from me. And I think that that's the beauty of having such a diverse um, group around me and people that I hang out around, you know. Um, I just graduated, right, with, with my master's degree. Um, something that I never in my life thought that I would be able to do, um, you know, for the people that do know my story, you know, I was, I had done disability when I graduated from high school. Um, I was on a third grade reading and writing level. So I had a journey from there to try to one, build myself up to become, you know, more competent. Um, and I owe a lot of my, my accomplishments, um, from, my friends, from the relationships that I was in, from my family. Um, and I say that because I do believe that everybody that comes into your life comes into your life to serve a purpose. Yeah. Sometimes when that purpose is served, we start to go into this struggle with that person, but there's no struggle. Their purpose is served. We don't need to keep them around anymore. And it's a harsh decision to make. It's a very harsh thing to, a reality to set in. But think about it this way. I'll give you a prime example, right? Um. You have somebody coming to your life, uh, and I'll just do it on a relationship sense because you know you have, you, you have a lot of people in the relationships. But you you have somebody that come into your life. The whole honeymoon stage, first six months are beautiful. It's great. Everything is great. 
you learn a lot about that person. Now on the eighth month, because you know they say the honeymoon period, six months, on that eighth month now, mm-hmm. right? That person just starts acting up. You find out all of these things about them. They're just this terrible person. You don't want to be with them no more. But what purpose did they serve in your life for that small time, for that six months? What did you learn from that person? And I'm a firm believer that everybody that comes into your life, they come into your life for a reason. So what what, what can you take on that? I believe that 100%. You know, um, it's like just to add to that also, before I really answer, it's like, um we're all you know we are social beings like humans are social creatures and I don't think like when I said before about not being meant to be alone like you know we're we're just built like that for groups and I think it's important sometimes to step back from the group too like you're saying and reflect and the reflection is usually based on how you engage with others and how they engage with you and I I do believe that sometimes people they say for like a reason or a season yeah lessons and things like that I really believe I have experienced that many times you know sometimes it's harder than other times or sometimes you have to repeat the same lessons which I'm very guilty of and it's like in the same exact outcome and it's like how did this happen again because I didn't learn something well Einstein (laughs) said if you if you keep on doing the same thing expecting different results that is the meaning of insanity um I think that I don't think, I know that um, when you latch yourself onto somebody, um, it's a lot that, that you, you're latching on with. You're latching on with them with emotion. You're looking at everything about them. You start to fall in love with everything about them. And it's very hard for you to see reality. Um, I know a bunch of people that stay in relationships that they know they should not be in, abusive relationships, um, having a, a best friend around them that has never done anything for them but get them into trouble. Um, yep. So now they're sitting in jail and their friend, their best friend is not in jail anymore. And, you know, we have these conversations and they're like, you know, I just really wish that I would have just been smarter. But um, I think that we need to get to that place in in our life where, we understand who we are. We yeah. have to draw that line in the sand and Boundary. say, that's Boundary. it. Exactly. Boundaries. Mm-hmm. We have to have the boundaries and make the harsh decision. Make a, make, you know, it, it, we only got one life to live. I mean, if, if this hasn't been proven with the, the, the craziness <laughs> that's going on right now with this pandemic, um, nobody's promised tomorrow. All right. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Do you really want to be sitting on your deathbed and replaying all of the mistakes or all of the things that you should have done, knowing that during the time that you were going through it, knowing what it is that you needed to do. Yeah. But you know better, have you know when you know better, you do better. Like, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and that's what's bad when you know better and you don't do better. It's, it's, a, it's another type kind of feeling. It's like, it's like you have to live with it, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing, it is funny in business school, right? These things you learn, it's like not so different from life. Like one thing that I learned is a compliance. At least in compliance, which I really like a lot. Yeah. And they say, like, you know, when it comes to your conscious, I guess that also speaks to the conscious too, where it's like, okay, like, can you sleep at night with the decisions that you're making? Oh man, I had um, a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. This stuff is like, how is it impacting you? Even in a business where we run in a business, you know, a running team is like, you have to make choices and you have to think like it's like something inside you. I think even with business being a science and all of that and sociology being a science and all these things, it's like, I think it's still something inside of you, like an intuition. It's something in us that lets us know, like that gut feeling. That's a very real thing. I think that we need to listen to that's, or try. That's true. That's true. You have that niceness inside of you. You have that, 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 that loving bone that just tells you, Hey, you know what? This person is just bad at this moment, but you know what? I remember who that person was in the beginning and 
they're gonna get they're gonna go back to that. Yeah. Year ten, still thinking the same thing. A lot of things has happened. Um, let me ask you a question. What made you take up sociology? You know what's funny? I guess I just gravitated to it. You know, coming from where I come from, when you this is me speaking now, looking back. Where you come a from? A lot of from this. I'm from the South Bronx. South Boogie. I mean, I mean, I live in Yonkers now, but I grew up in the South Boogie. <laughs> I'm an honorary Westchester County resident. Okay. <laughs> well, my shop in there, but we're not locked down. All right. Open <laughs> in place. That's where I do everything. I try to get into the parks and the pools and Mount Vernon. So <laughs> Mount Vernon, you better come to Yonkers, man. Go to some tidbits, Mount Vernon. We don't do Mount Vernon in Yonkers. I'm just playing Mount Vernon. We love you because I see, I can see where a lot of my my listeners come from. Mount Vernon, I love you 100. <laughs> percent yeah, let me use your pass. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. We're not, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that off air. We ain't going to talk oh, about that now. You know, they're, the sorry. feds are watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, wait, well, I was thinking about barbecuing now. Oh, my God. Yeah, listen, the summer. You already know what they said about the summer. The summer is, is, is they shutting everything down. I don't know, man. I don't like this This whole... I don't. First of all, I don't like this. this, this the new norm stuff that they talking about um I'm not, I just don't want to accept that you know I I I want to I want to accept the fact that one day I'm going to wake up and you know and I'm going to watch the news and they're going to say hey we have a, a a vaccine you know you guys can all go back to living your normal life um is well oh but that was okay so yeah, I think I think that we will probably get past this. I hope people remember, but you know, sometimes people like speaking of for, repeating mistakes and repeating history. Sometimes we don't remember, so I don't know. But well, I said like, well, well, what you're asking what got me into um sociology. So that's what, speaking of environment, it's like um like I said, where I come from, and I guess it applies to anybody. Sometimes you just know you want to do what's around you. Yeah, and you can't do things you don't know about. You can't start with stuff that you don't know about. So when I got to college, I really when I went, I went to Lehman, and I really impacted me and influenced me even more than any grad school. My experience at Lehman because I came in as a Sikh student, so I wouldn't have been able to even go to college to get into a four year college without that program mm. because my scores were not there. I wasn't really that focused in high school, doing a lot of other things I shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, you know, you all, you know, I went to be a teacher early childhood, which is a beautiful thing, but that's just what I was exposed to. That's what I know. We know what teachers, we know, sir, like us black folks, we know about services and, you know, and that's, we don't think about owning stuff or trying to do different things. We don't, it's not there for us. We are teached to shop and to be consumers. And, and so that's what we strive for and I can't strive for. But when I got to Lehman, I went to early childhood education because I have a really big program for that. And I needed to have a mind, a, a major. And on the side, like I went to do um, Spanish, but they didn't really have the classes I wanted. So I was like, I'll do sociology. I took some of it actually in high school, the college now program. And then when I started taking sociology, then I realized, well, maybe I don't really want to be a teacher. You know, maybe I want to, you know, get into sociology. So I, I had an open mind about it. I wasn't like set in stone. Yeah. And then I got to meet a lot of professors. I, I, I gained a lot of mentors. Like you said, speaking of like a circle of people around you, mm-hmm. I was open to the environment. I didn't, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college or anybody I knew. You know, some people get to the same school with their friends. I didn't, but I wasn't that interested in gravitating toward, maybe it was one of two people I gravitated toward in my freshman class. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I was just more interested in opportunity, especially by the time I, mean, I already had a kid, you know, I was already a teen mom. I had a lot of very grown up adult stuff going yeah. on. <laughs> and um, so I just wanted more. But so I came in with a very open mind. And that's what led me to the path. I wanted more. This like I went to look when I went to high school, I was going for, for cosmetology. So I could I could continue just doing hair and stuff, but it's like that's not all of me. Like I think that there's something else for me. I want to be open for it. So I met a lot of great mentors. I do a lot of programs. I got to travel a little bit, you know, from just being open. It's why this is the reason why I say I want you to sit on my board, because I think that you're gonna do great. Um, me and you have a very, very similar background. I grew up in the South Bronx as well, too. And I definitely always wanted more. Um, I I went through the whole bullying thing. I had to fight all the time. And I and, and me, I wasn't a good fighter. When I fought, put my head down, do that. <laughs> never say it like that. But um, I always wanted more. And I knew what I didn't, I knew what I didn't want for myself. And it's funny because when I went to college, um, I studied um, uh, criminal justice. I got my, my bachelor's in criminal justice. And I will never forget my sociology teacher. She was actually the one that changed my life because she was the one that told me, listen, let me tell you right now, if you if your college is your plan A, you need to move on to your plan B because you ain't gonna make it here. But um, that it, it broke me. Like it really, really hurt me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm about to give up, but I didn't. And then it was surrounding yourself around people like my classmates. Oh my God, it was so dope because I'm in college. I, I, I can't, I, could, I cannot read for nothing. I'm talking about I was Googling plagiarism was just there. And mm-hmm. as I progressed throughout the years, mm-hmm. that's when I met my mentor, which now Mr. Sherman Brown, um, I met him. He was my college professor in my senior year. And me and him, like, you know, we connected and, you know, I'm even now working with him right now well, with AIM High. It's his, you know, that's his establishment, but I do play a major role in there. And it's more so because of the connection that we made when mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was his student. And um, I had to bring myself up to college. Like, listen, I can always say this. People that's come into my life, my family, my, my friends, everybody, I, I cannot be angry with them, even if they're not around, because they were always there if I needed to spell something that I couldn't, I didn't know how to spell. I would call up on the phone. Um, people would, you know, would, would, would correct my work for me. I would, even when I, when I first started 143 Speaks, my spelling and everything was, was pretty much up to par, but it was like, hey, I used to have to send my work to get edited to, you know, to come back. Um, and then um, I went on this journey for five years and it was a really, really tough time. I lost a lot. Um, I had to let go of a few, um, you know, people in my life, not, not for anything bad, just more so because um, it was just, it, it was part of my journey. I just, I, I needed to go on it, you know, with myself. And um, I, I started to surround myself around good people, um, great men, business owners. And I would sit down and I would actually watch them talk. I would actually watch them close business deals. I would actually watch them register their business. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, there's no way that I can't do that. Exactly. Like, it, it put me back to that moment when I'm getting my ass beat mm-hmm. in the South Bronx. And I'm like, I don't want this for my life. I don't want this for my kid's life. And it brought me back to that. And I say, you know what, DJ, get on the ball, dude. Go back, get your masters work hard and even me doing my master's degree now now I don't have any problems with the spelling and the reading and none of that stuff but I, I gotta my classmates were amazing so I had the support system at school I had the support system at home I had the support system um, um with my mentor and it was just like yo you got this and I, I finished in a year 
I, and it's funny that you said um, we were talking about mentorship because that's what I did my thesis, my thesis on the power of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's always tell people, and this is the reason why I wanted to make um, Journey of the Mindset is because you're never going to die a pro in life. Nobody's going to die a pro in life. There's always something new. There's always a journey. You're, you're going to go on your journey. There's going to be bad times. There's going to be good times. But let me tell you something about bad times. Bad times is when you learn your capabilities and how strong you are. Because let me tell you something, when you're down to your last dollar and you starving, you're going to find a way to get a meal with that dollar. Or yep. you're going to find a way to grow that dollar. I always admired your strength because we've worked in a place together that was that was a place. Um, but I've never seen you walk around with an attitude. I've always seen you hold your head. You always carried yourself well, very, very educated. You didn't back down from nobody. And that's one of the things I admired about you. And I say, you know what? We got a lot of common strength. Yeah. <laughs> strength. And it's funny how when you set out on a journey, you'll end somewhere else because you said something that was very important. You said, you know what? You wanted to do, I'm going to mess this word up. Cosmetology. That's it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm to high school for. To get the hours, Dodge. There you Cosmetology. go. Mm-hmm. Then you lead over into into sociology. You taught for a little while because you were a professor, right? Yeah, I even did it as of 2017. I just, it's just hard. I haven't been able to do it so much lately. You know, bouncing a full-time job and trying to pick up classes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to manage, but um, it's something that I love to do and I can't. And it's like all the things we're talking about, that's what makes me love. I get to work with freshmen. And that all sometimes that also seek students. So I come from where they come from. And I know it's like to have your bubble birthday was like, like what happened to you? It's like, I'm sorry, you're not right now college level. So, but I understand that because even me, I wouldn't have been in a four-year college because my SAT score was, was crap. Nobody, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the SAT. I wasn't prepared for college and I wouldn't have gotten in. I needed a special program. I had to take a year of remedial math before I can even take college level math. So you know, I love to be able to work with, with students who I understand, even though the gender, now I'm getting older than them over the years, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, I'm there, like, I give them what I learn. You know, I try to. I try to give them something that, like, I know that, like, us, it works for us. It's not, like, I tell, one, the main things I tell them is, if you come to school, you come to college, you sit here, go to class and go home, even get straight A's, you, you fail. Yeah, yeah. It, that's one thing my mentor always says. A lot of us, we we pass in school but fail at life. Yeah, you, you know, fail because then, like I said, the base of the mentor, I guess, on trips. I told them, I said, if you look at these school, well, now it's not the brochures anymore. But if you look on a website, you see the same kids doing the a lot of things. You see the same group of kids, and I ended up being in a group of kids. I did the sociology because, like, because I learned the secret because people saw something in me, and it's nice. Like that feels nice. See something, it reminds you of who you are. Yeah, you know? there's a sauce out there. There's a sauce. <laughs> and once you get that sauce, you gotta take that sauce. You gotta drink that sauce. But then you gotta always remember though, gotta give back. Yeah, that's gotta it. Give back. Can't just take it all in and keep it to yourself, and and that's it. I I know we're running a little bit out of time, but uh, I want to ask you um, a, a, a question. This question is 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 out of the blue. Um, but I think that it'll be very, very beneficial because a lot of people are going through it right now. I know I've been going through it um, pretty much every single day. And I just want you to take on anxiety and what are some of the things that we can do to kind of like bring that anxiety, that anxiety down during a time like this? 
what I can say real quick about that is, I mean, before all this stuff happened, I already had tons. My, my, I had a lot of stuff like that had me upside down, just to mm. be real honest with you. Then this happened. So I think the important thing to do is to actually breathe. I think what I learned is like, a lot of times we're not even breathing and we don't even realize it. Our shoulders are tensed up, mm -hmm. you know, we're all messed up and we don't realize because we're just tense. Yeah. So just taking a proper breath, a deep breath, I, I think that helps a lot you know, as simple as it sounds and just being focused on what's ahead of you, you mm. know, like we're going to have thoughts and feelings and emotions, but you have to kind of try to separate yourself from that a little and see kind of what's going on Yeah, because you can't control, you can't fix the past. You can't change it. You can't do nothing to that. You can have ideas for the future, but what we have is what's in front of us today. Like that's the only thing that, that we have, mm. you know, and we have to just focus on that. And like I said, if you need help with that, there's still telehealth out here. You know, if you need, like, support, there's too much fuel in your own. Like, a lot of people are drinking a lot more now and just doing things that's probably a little more reckless than careless. Oh, man, now. let me tell you, I, I, I stopped drinking. I stopped doing all of that stuff. Um, I, I I said to myself, I want to be at my best health, God forbid, if I do catch this virus, but I would like to be at my um at my best health. Um, but what you said <laughs> was something very important. It's center yourself. Focus on here and now. Don't start worrying about the future and what you got to do in the future and the past and everything else. Try to breathe, try to focus, try to center yourself and be here present in the moment. Because when you when your mind is all that, like I, I could find myself where I'm like, oh my God, the government failed us back in January. They should have known. And then I'm like, oh my God, we're not going to have this in the future. We're not going to be. And I'm like, uh, buddy, what's going on right now? You need to get yeah. up, you know? So, um, Robin, I, 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 I'm looking forward to um, our journey because we're going to definitely do business together. Um, I really want you to sit on my board of directors. I'm telling you that right now. On one ear, Robin Vaughn is sitting on my board of directors, okay, for, for 143 Speaks Foundation. But um, we'll definitely get into that um, later on down the line. But um, I'm looking forward to, to definitely seeing you when all of this is over and us sitting down and you can see that the plan and the game plan for, um, for the business within itself. Um, and I thank you you know, tremendously for taking the time. I know we've been trying for like the last month to get on this and it's been, my schedule has been all crazy. Your schedule has been crazy. And then this whole pandemic thing happened, but um, we, we, I think it happened at the right time. I think we're actually talking at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, anything you want to leave to the, you know, say to the, 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 the listeners and the viewers, cause now we're on YouTube, by the way, subscribe people subscribe. Oh. <laughs> yes. I just stay grounded and stay focused. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we're not strong all the time, especially as black folks. Sometimes we, you know, we want to be strong, strong all the time, but sometimes we're not strong. That's okay too. Sometimes mm -hmm. to take a minute, you know, yeah. it's all right. So, so where can the people find you? Cause I know that I'm going to get the DMS. Like, does she have an IG? Is she on LinkedIn? Where mm -hmm. you at? Where can they find you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to write here and there. You know, that's something that actually helps ground me. Like, give me, you know, it's something else for me to do. I like to write and research and do all these things. And um, so definitely LinkedIn. And I have my business, my, you know, my consulting thing that I do. And everything is linked up there. So, right. you know, that's so, a good place to find me. So when they, when they slide into my DM, I'm going to tell them, 
leave me alone. Go on LinkedIn and you can find her. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, before we end, I just want to let you know, if you go on to 143speaks.com, um, there's some resources on the site. Um, if you're going through anything, depression, you're sad, anybody to speak to, there's a bunch of resources on my site. You can go on there. All you got to do is just press the link and it'll direct you right there to where you need to be. Um, Robin, I want to thank you once again for being on the, um, the show. Um, this is great. And I hope to have you on again. This is another episode, A Journey of the Mindset. People. Don't just come on here, listen, like, send me DMs. Oh my God, I love it. Share this information. Let people hear the same greatness that you, and I'm saying greatness because yeah, I'm full of myself. Let people hear the same greatness that you heard. Pass it on, subscribe, share, like, love, peace. Until next time, world family. Journey of the Mindset, 143 Speaks. Love y'all. Who's got the guts to pass? I'm in direct. Who's taking this to class? Ain't no time left. Welcome to the Journey of the Mindset.